every one of you who confesses Jesus as Lord of the universe signs up for a significance beyond anything you ever dreamed. And I mean business men and women here, homemakers, students. To belong to Jesus is to embrace the nations. Your heart was made for this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Made for Missions podcast, a ministry of 1-8 Catalyst, where we are pursuing the completion of the Great Commission worldwide. To learn more about our work or to listen to previous episodes, please visit our website at 1-8, spelled out in word form, catalyst.org. That's 1-8-catalyst.org. Thanks for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for this, the latest episode of the Made for Missions podcast. I am Mike Falkenstein and here again with Ken Watmore. And uh, Ken, we're getting into uh, September and at least here in Colorado, it's it's uh, getting a little a little uh, cooler, isn't it? Yeah, what a difference this weekend. It was. I know, really. Well, that was kind of the change. Wasn't yeah, it? we went from like 90 degree weather to <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden it was 40. That's right, <laughs> which is nice for outdoor activities and whatnot, so... Well, Ken, uh, we've got an interesting episode today. Of course, uh, we're going to talk about really one number in particular and then kind of branch off from that. But the number is the number 42. And I'm wondering, you know, you and I haven't talked about this in advance. Other than what our final topic will be, what do you think of when you think of the number 42? Well, honestly, I know what we're about to talk about, so yeah. my mind is a little skewed. But Yeah, that's right. But truthfully, that's one of my kids' football number. Oh, is so, it really? So immediately when I hear 42, oh, okay. I, I, I see him. Oh, great. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. that was the because I did a little research on the number 42. <laughs> and so, of course, Jackie Robinson, that was his number mm, as well. That's right. And then there was the, the film that just came out. I think it was titled 42, which, as I recall, I think all the uh, major league teams now have retired the number 42 kind of in honor of Jackie Robinson. So, oh, that's cool. I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, which is kind of cool. And then I looked up a couple of other things. Of course, I know in um, Chinese, Chinese kids now, as they're texting each other, a lot of times will just put in a text 42 because 42, sure are in Chinese, sounds very similar to sure uh, are, which just means yes in Chinese. So a lot of times they'll put 42 in a text and that just means yes. Oh, and so that's, yeah, that's interesting. 42 is the perfect score in the uh, math Olympiad here in the United States, which is interesting. And then 42 US gallons is uh, how many gallons are in a barrel of oil. So there are a lot of different things that we can look at in the terms of the number 42. But what we want to talk about is our uh, heart here at 1A Catalyst towards the unreached and Ken, you remember even last episode, we talked about kind of what we want to pursue, which is the completion of the Great Commission worldwide. And so that's where this number 42 really does come into play, right? That we're talking a lot about this number of how many people in the world are still unreached and unengaged. And that's 42% of the world's population, which, you know, I always feel like I have to kind of give some terminology. So this which we've talked about in previous episodes, I know, but this, just as a refresher, this terminology of unreached simply means that a people group in the world, they may have some Christians, 
but there's not enough Christian activity and not a, an indigenous church to then reach the rest of its people. So the example I've been giving is, you know, this uh, Bible translation project that we're doing, this Tiang people group in uh, Southwest China. Amongst our translation teams, we have 10 people spread out over two translation teams. Each one of those people, besides just one of them, so nine of the 10 are Christians, and um, they then now have this heart to reach the rest of the Qiang. So it's in the Qiang people group, it's something like one half of 1% of all Qiang people are Christians. So, And then you get to the actual more serious part of that 42%, which is the unengaged, which means there has never been any missionary activity. There are no people in this people group that know about Jesus. So one of the people groups that we're looking at next in terms of Bible translation are the Aka people, which are in a province called Yunnan province in China, and they have no Christians amongst their, and this is like 750,000 people Hmm. that are Aka minority people and there are no Christians in that population. And so, you know, as I think about that, right, this 42% of the world's population, yeah, I mean, I was, when I first heard it a couple of years ago, I was kind of blown away. I know you and I have kind of just now have been talking about it a little, but I'm interested to know, as you think about 42% of the world's population in these categories, what comes to your mind? Well, I think the number is huge. I mean, if you think about the global population, right, this is uh, 42% seems almost obscene. Yeah, it's like 7 billion people, Yeah, right? So So that's a lot of folks. And I think, you know, as we were talking before, and by the way, I think this is maybe a funny thing to put in there, but for the listeners that don't know you or me, right, in no way are we trying to say that those 42 numbers that we talked about in the beginning as to what 42 means is uh-huh. we're not we're not playing like the numerology card or oh no no crazy that, yeah, weird right. stuff like that <laughs> i mean that was just it's 42 percent. that's what we're talking about it's a ridiculous number when you think about how many people have not been reached or can't be reached and you and i were talking one of the things that is staggering to me as well is that i think that the number actually is in danger of getting larger and larger as that's right. the population is still exploding and Here we're in, there are more and more cultures that are getting further and further away from who God is, who Jesus Christ is, and why why Jesus, why he came. And with the unchurched families, you and I were talking just about from the 90s to now, the difference in our culture right here in America, this is, you know, for 20 to 30 years, we already see the rapid decline of those who know anything about who God is or have any kind of church upbringing or outreach. It's harder and harder for youth evangelists to get out on campuses and talk to kids about who Jesus is. And we're just seeing more and more people that are oblivious. And frankly, they, there's more and more people who don't, who want to be oblivious. They've, even those who have heard have chosen to just completely walk away from the church. And that number's rapidly expanding, I feel. And that's not science. That's me saying, this is just kind of my notice of what's going on. I don't, I don't know what the numbers are here, oh, right. um, but I do notice that. And more and more in our culture, just watch the news, just pay attention to TV. More and more people are away from who God is and have no inclination to go back that way. And so they're bringing up kids that have, you know, just kind of a, a free for all mindset where it's all almost right, a kind of, religious anarchy sort yeah, of, you no, know, or, no religion yeah. or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So yeah, that's good to point out. And yeah, it's interesting because where we live here in Denver, South Denver in particular, I've heard some of the stats from uh, church leaders that talk about 70% of this community where we live, you know, Highlands Ranch has no religious affiliation 
And so there are maybe some quick distinctions that we make. So if the Anglo-Americans are a people group, and actually, I, as you were talking, I was thinking, I wonder what people group actually I fit into, you know, as these people who do this kind of research. So if that is a people group, we'll look that up. Technically, we are reached in that there are other Anglo-Americans trying to reach the rest of us right. or whatever. And have um, the ability to. Yeah. So my friends and I who talk about this a bunch, you know, <laughs> talk about whether or not you could be a missionary to Highlands Ranch. I certainly think you can. I mean, if there's 70% of the homes that are essentially have no no religious belief, right? that sure seems like a mission field to me. But in terms of these people groups and that, that you know, some of that terminology, we are reached on the other hand. And so can I think about this whole business of the 42% and still unreached. And as I wrote in our most recent newsletter just recently, doesn't seem to make sense to me because I look at the American church and uh, maybe just we'd call that the Western church and all of these resources that we have and all of this, these seminaries and not just the financial resources is part of it, of course, because it does take some financing to be able to send people to the 42%, right? But then there's the training and Think about even here, Denver's Theological Seminary, which is not far from us, and Colorado Christian University, and then you know we're working together with Dallas Theological Seminary, and they're training up new leaders. And I guess I I bring that up to say I guess I don't understand exactly why outside of just the Western Church has lost the vision or lost the heart or it's become too hard or. Of course, I guess you could go in a, in a couple of directions, but when you think about kind of the why versus the, you know, why there are still are 42% versus the resources that we have available, the vast resources we have available, what comes in your mind in terms of that? Well, I think what you, one of the things that you said that comes to, that at least strikes a chord, right, is that is it harder? It's certainly more dangerous in a lot of places and danger in a different way than it used to be, right? So mm-hmm. certainly it's been dangerous to go out into an unreached people group or in, a, in the mission field into uncharted territory in the past. And we've talked about Hudson Taylor kind of pioneering. Oh yeah, the uh, inland parts of China. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And all that, it, it was, I'm sure was frightening, but a lot of unknown, right? So we didn't have the technology then to expose the dangers so right. widely. So now, right. I mean, people watch the news and people get their heads cut off. You watch the mm-hmm. news and people get mowed down by guns right. in different parts of the world. And it's on the news. It's a, You can see it. It's not, there's sand pits full of bodies from the people that were trying to share their faith. So I think maybe harder is a word, but people are frightened in a oh, different right. way than they were before. I think there was the intimidation, the adventure, the idea of the unknown before, and now it is well known what could happen oh, uh-huh. in some areas. And I think people are probably quite afraid of that. And I think that's the church's job to probably come back in and reassure people that that's not everywhere. That's you know that's oh, some, right. some places, but there are a lot of unreached people groups in places where that's not the thing you face mm-hmm. every day. Yeah, um, that's right. And then there are places when that certainly is a danger. And I think that, you know, in those areas, hopefully there's people in the church that have that almost warrior mentality of, I'm not going to violently get the gospel out, but I'm going to go there no matter what happens to me. 
And I think that that mindset's probably changed a lot in the church. Which is kind of a matter of faith, right? And totally. Trusting yes, God. absolutely. I think it's legitimate to say that a lot of people are scared. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah I think so too. And so, uh, yeah, that obviously could, yeah, branch off into another conversation, sure, right, right? About, I was trying to think of some passages, but I think of the Apostle Paul, right? And for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And just trusting God over your fear. And yeah, there's something to be said about that. I mean, recognizing the fear and then addressing kind of where God plays, what what role he plays in that, right? Yeah. Uh, It'd be interesting. Uh, this is an offshoot, of course, but yeah. I've read plenty of books talking about the different ways that people gave their life for their faith. I'd love to see somebody write a book and, and maybe it's out there and maybe you know, but I'd love to see somebody writing a book of all the times that God really rescued someone in the sight of that. Oh, right. Yeah. Maybe that'd be a really great that would be. book to get out there to the church to say, look, when you're going out there to put your life in a place where it, it could be in danger, you have to trust God and look at, look at all these countless times that he's protected people, you know? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Which there are a ton of those stories. Oh yeah. And uh, it would actually be good to do some research about that and see if mm. there's a book like that. Cause that could be really helpful. Yeah, I think so. Actually as a resource, because it is true. It was Hudson Taylor that said, God's work done in God's way never lacks God provision. Right. And part of that provision would be safety, a safety provision. Sure. And so when God wants a particular people group to be reached, he will either protect that, those missionaries or those people according to the way that he wants. And as we know from many examples, there are some times where uh, I was trying to think Elizabeth Elliot and her husband and those people that went to the Amazon. And initially the first group of people were killed. Later, those people, the second or third wave actually were the ones that led these tribe and the Amazon to Christ. Yeah. Right. And so sometimes your role is to be that first wave. Right. And, right. Uh, but then maybe it softens the heart of the people. Or so maybe part of this conversation, Ken, is just about who you believe God to be, who you believe if he's calling you to a certain thing, will he provide and protect according to his will? Right. And uh, is your life your own? Yeah. Right. Or does it belong to him? Right. Right. For sure. That I think that's part of it. And I think not to to go because I'm I feel like I'm taking us a little bit away from where we were going. And that's no, this is a good part of the conversation. Yeah, yeah, it is, sure. it's important. But yeah. I do think it's also one thing you and I had talked about, and I think it's important to note is that I guess this would be talking to different churches in the church body. And in each individual building, in a church body in the building, I think there's that, the warrior's in there. The pioneer is in there. And the nurturing, caring, loving group of people is in there. There's somebody in there that's like waiting for someone to say, hey, you know what? There's 42% of the population is unreached. We want to send a team to try and reach just one of those people groups, mm -hmm. just one little segment. We just want to mm -hmm. take that on. And I think it's a place where the church can fast and pray about who is it? I mean, do we do we throw a dart at a wheel and say, that's the group? Or do we fast and pray about, here's some different groups that seems like we have resources and people that might be able to reach into that area. seems like at every church, there may be people that have connections to some area of the world, right? And those might be the people who can instigate that group to step up and say, you know what? I feel like that is me, you know, and maybe that's, those are the people that God's trying to reach. But you and I had talked about before with all these churches in the, in the United States. And I think not just in the United States, but you know, overseas, there's just in all these churches that have the availability of people who are waiting to be called by God to do something. And they, and all they need to do is respond. I think the call has to be put out there. Yeah, it know? does. And uh, just to, 
I, gosh, we have more churches than people groups that are unreached. That's right. So all you got to do is just everybody pick one. That's right. It seems that simple. Yeah, it does. It does. And it really is that simple kind of aside from the, what I mean is the only reason that is not happening is there are not enough church leaderships and, you know, church elders that go, yeah, we need to be one of the churches that picks one. Yeah. So maybe there could be something that we as a ministry could develop around that, right? About picking, just pick one. Yeah. Because certainly, I think you a lot of what you said resonates with me, that certainly it does tend to happen that there is that warrior or that person who God does want to call into overseas missionary service. It only does take the pastor to make a commitment to churchwide to be able to train their people and then, okay, where is God leading you? Where is God leading you? And I go back in my mind to this phrase that I stole from Todd Wagner at Watermark Church, which is that a lot of churches are making a deal with their people, right? And the the deal is, we won't ask much of you in return. You just give us some funds and together, so we can keep lights on and together we're saying that God is doing everything through us that he wants to do, which certainly doesn't seem to be the case as I read through scripture. Right. right, so it would take those pastors and elders to go. Yeah, we're not going to do that anymore. God's yeah. called us to make disciples of all nations and be His witnesses in these different areas. And because it is true that the level of missionary activity will only rise to what the pastors and the elders of a particular church bring it to or yeah. lead lead it to. And so, if a pastor doesn't really have a heart for it, you could have even the warrior, some people within a church that would want to do some things. And uh, almost exclusively, you know, that generally won't happen. So I wanted to mention before we go a couple of things. First, kind of the final stat that we have is something I took from my good buddy Steve Shermer at uh, Silk Road Catalyst, and he's talking a lot about the research he's done, which is that 47,000 people around the world die every day beyond the reach of the gospel, which is something that well, that really means is those people, those 47,000 have never once throughout the course of their life even heard the name of Jesus, and now their earthly lives are over. And uh, boy, that's the thing. If you have any kind of a heart for the unreached, that should keep you up nights, right? It's a lot of people every day beyond the reach of the gospel. So I guess, Ken, as we end this episode, the encouragement would be several fold. First, um, amongst individuals who are Christians who are listening, just begin to pray how God might want to use you in this task of reaching the 42%. And it may be as a mobilizer here in the States or here in your home area to then go. Maybe it would be because in the body, we do need those people too, right? That support those who do go. And then amongst churches, of course, there would just be the call to analyze from a church leadership down, what are we doing to contribute towards this need of the 42% and the 47,000 who are dying every day? And if you're not involved now, it's not too late to get involved. And Ken, as you you think about the kind of the final thoughts, what comes to your mind? I do think that individually you want to be asking the Lord how he wants to use you, where he wants to use you in that. And I would encourage churches. One thing I I feel incredibly blessed, I talk about my church a lot, I know when we have these shows, but um, one thing that I know is that the leadership, they're praying constantly for what does God want them to do? And not just about this, but about what do you want us doing, focusing on right now? And I feel like what I'm seeing in the church is that diligent prayer gets diligent answers. 
Or, or I should say, diligent prayer gets uh, frequent answers. Maybe that's uh, right. Way, that's what I want to yeah. say. It seems like that's as true. our church is committed to praying about the way that God wants them to work and the things that God wants them involved in, it seems like God continues to reveal to the church leadership, like, this is what we want you doing, or what I want you doing. And I say that pretty confidently because when they go in those directions that they feel God is leading them to go, where they feel God is leading them to go, God is proving the results, right? I mean, like you're seeing the fruits of the labor every single time they pray about and respond. So I think that with church leadership, it's a matter of saying, okay, God, there's 42% of the U.S. population. What do you want us to do? And pray about it and pray about it and pray about it. And I feel like God will answer that. That's right. Um, and I feel like I'm seeing that. So it's a good example, at least at, at our church, it seems like it's a good example for God to answer prayers faithfully. Yeah, that's right. You know? And you're right. What you just said about prayer goes both ways. If you are praying as a church leadership diligently, yeah, I mean, we know from scripture, God will answer, right? And right. it could be that the prayer and fasting in that area would may take some time Maybe that's what God wants to yeah. to refine the answer or what exactly he wants to do. On the other hand, yeah, if you're not praying as a church leadership, you'll also get what you should expect to get yeah. through no prayer too, yeah. right? I mean, if you're not really praying about it, then you're continuing to not be involved. So I guess that's a call towards prayer yeah, for, for sure, sure. Yeah. right? For prayer. And I, th I think it's just recognizing, right, that God's always there. <laughs> and I think we get to a point individually as churches, just, in, you know, in our culture where we kind of just go, we're just going to go do our thing. And, and at a point, I don't, I don't believe that God says this, but I, I would make this analogy so it makes more sense, right? That God would be like, hey, you go do your thing. I'm right here when you need me. Yeah, right? that's right. Like, and, uh, or I'm right here when you want to listen to me. I'm still talking and you're just walking away. So I'm going to keep pursuing you yes. in the fact that if you turn around, I'm here. You, you're not going to get away from me, but you can keep turning around. You know, you can just keep walking <laughs> away. That's up to you. And I, I think that reflects in our personal growth with him, in our family and everything, right? I mean, we've, I think ever since we became a Christian, we always hear about how God's always pursuing us, always there, always wants us. And yet we tend to just kind of turn around and walk away. That's in every every way that he wants to call us and use us and reveal himself more and more to us. That's great. That's a great place for us to end that certainly, I guess I would just uh, in closing say to the Christian, continue to pray about how God wants to use you in the corporate, sort of in the church world again. And if it seems to be scary, church leaders, and you don't really know where to go, we know God is faithful and he will provide some opportunity. And if there would be some way that we as a ministry could help and guide and direct and even kind of be a reader of the the landscape of what it seems like God's doing, we'd love to do that. And so you can get in touch with us. Obviously, if you're listening to this podcast via our, our website, there's some information there. If not, of course, we're on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Look us up. Again, the name of our ministry is 18 Catalyst. The one and the eight are spelled out in word form. And so we'd love to partner and, and help. And again, at no cost, this is what we do. We love to, you know, we really are pursuing the completion of the Great Commission and uh, we'd love to partner. So thank you, Ken, for this time. And we uh, thank you all for listening. And we're so thankful. Be sure to, if you like the podcast, share it with others. And we'd love to yeah, get the word out more about this 42% and um, what God's doing. So thanks for joining us. And we'll look forward to having you on the next episode of the Made for Missions podcast. 